What's up, guys? You're listening to Real Estate the Ramsey Way. This episode is all about making smart decisions with your mortgage. And while it's the only kind of debt that I'm okay with, I'm not okay with just any mortgage option. In fact, most types of mortgages out there suck. And lenders will use these crappy mortgages to get you into a house for as little upfront as possible so you feel like you're getting a good deal. Then they can charge you tons of interest and fees, not to mention keep you in debt for way longer. But there's a better way to go about home financing, and it's actually incredibly simple. So stick around to find out how. So I did this video on my YouTube channel about a week ago, and for some reason it just blew up, and people are very interested in this idea with mortgage interest rates being super high right now. And uh, we ha- showed a stat there in the very beginning at you know J- January of 2022, it was like 3%. By May of 2022, it was 10%. So we've been seeing the spike in adjustable rate mortgages, and I want to get your take 10%. on it. 10%? Uh, How many mortgage rates are 10%? Well, no, the actual the amount of people doing them. Oh, three percent of the amount of people mortgages. doing adjustable three. rate mortgages has gone way up. Yes. I got you. Okay. Yeah, not the interest rate itself. Okay. So I wanted to cover this, and I just watched your real estate lesson, Financial Peace University, where you cover a lot of these mortgage traps. But a lot of people are going, "This might be my ticket to home ownership, Dave." And this article unpacks what's going on here. It's your ticket to foreclosure. Yeah, arms have started to recover more from more than a decade of disinterest from both consumers and lenders. They're returning to the fold amid a sharp increase in home prices and fixed mortgage rates that began in early 2022. As the housing market begins to thaw from a year of depressed demand, more potential sellers begin to list their homes. Could arms help more prospective buyers get a foot in the door of their first home? I understand. This this passive-aggressive question statement here is on Experian. Which is a... This would be the credit credit bureau. bureau. Yeah. What is is their vested interest in this? (laughs) Getting you in debt and keeping you in debt because you're all worried about their FICO score. Hello. They'll make money if you get a mortgage and they have to run the score. This is a money-making scheme for them. Yeah, we love debt. And so we're experienced and we're going to passively, aggressively ask, is this a way for people to get their foot in the door? That sounded very soft. Sounded like a suggestion to me. Sounded like a conspiracy to me. Oh, they have a new stat in here, Dave. The share uh, increased from 3%. It was for much of the decade to as high as 13% by October of, of the mortgages. Of the mortgage originations. That are going out there. 3% used to be adjusted. So 97% were not doing adjustables, and now 87% are not And it's not down doing. as of April 2023. They say it's now 8% of all new mortgages. Yeah, thank so. God. It's right. taking a dip. So do we need to talk about this? Well, I want you to just share why they're a bad idea because people don't understand. And there, there's a funny clip from The Office with Michael Scott falling for one of these. And he's like, <laughs> well, no, it's a 30. And she's like, no, it's 10 over. And so I wanted you just to run the analysis on who is this for? Why are people doing this? Why should they stay away? Okay. Um, we'll get real technical to help you. But l- before we do that, let's just say this, all right? If you buy a mortgage that adjusts, in an increasing interest rate environment, what are you expecting it to adjust to? Up. Well, that's dumber than a rock on the surface. Interest rates are moving up, and you're buying a mortgage that allows them to, in, and gives you the probability of a higher interest rate later. Let's just start with that stupid. Okay? The second thing is this. Let's say interest rates stay the same or go down slightly. Here's what you're going to discover. 
your mortgage interest on your adjustable rate mortgage is going to go up even if rates go down a little or stay the same. Here's why. Your mortgage is adjusted based on an index and a spread over the index. Let's just do a simplified version, okay? Let's say you took out a 4% adjustable rate mortgage and it's supposed to be 2% over the index. That would mean the index would be 2. 2 plus 2 is 4, okay? And, and if the, but the index, however, when you start your brand new mortgage, they move you in on a bait and switch because the index is already higher, would, 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 would give you the spread, would already give you a higher interest rate today than you're getting today. So instead of the more, okay, let's say we're getting a 4% adjustable rate, the index is 2, your spread is 2, so that 2 plus 2 equals 4, okay? But it's not 2. The index today in that case would be more like 2.6. Mm. So the interest rates would have to go down 0.6 for your rate to remain the same the next time it adjusts. Y'all follow how I'm doing this, okay? Because the index plus your spread equals your interest rate. And the index is already cheated up when you go in, so rates would have to go down in order for you to do this. And so it's a big gamble. So it's not a big gamble. Well, the You're one hundred percent dead on going to have an increase. There's no gamble about it. You're you you know, and you bought the house on short term thinking. Thank God it's Friday. Oh God, it's money. I can pay this payment. Like this payment's even going to be around on the first adjust. You're going to see an increase. It's not a gamble, almost 100% of the time. Because, again, rates would have to go down to get your spread, to keep your spread on the index. Far enough down. Okay, yeah. it just doesn't work. So this all came from mortgage companies protecting themselves in 1982. I was selling real estate. The first adjustable rates came out then, okay, because interest rates had gone to 17%. Remember that? And more and money market rates. Back then, we had these things called savings and loans. Money market rates on your savings were twelve percent. Wow! You could get twelve percent on your savings account. Well, let me help you with this. The local savings and loan makes a loan in the seventies on a mortgage, four percent. They are receiving four percent on a hundred thousand dollars. Interest rates shoot up. That's a four percent fixed rate loan. Now, in order to get $100,000 into the savings and loan or into the bank, they got to pay out twelve, mm. But they're only receiving four. That's a problem. That's called, in the banking world, they call that disintermediation. Your, your butt's upside down mathematically. And so that's one of the things called the savings and loan industry to crash. That's why I brought up savings and loans. It's one of the things that crashed them was disintermediation. It wasn't fraud. It was that. Because they had... A, Millions of dollars of mortgages on the books at a fixed rate, and all of a sudden they're having to pay more than they're receiving to get new savings deposits. So they said to themselves, self, I don't like this. Next time these rates go up, we're going to have a portion of our portfolio that adjusts up as interest rates go up. And so the adjustable rate mortgage was born so that to protect the banks against an increasing interest rate environment so they don't get stuck with a bunch of low-interest mortgages on the books. Ta-da! The first, the first adjustable rate mortgage I sold was the fixed rates were 14%, 1982, 1983. The fixed rates were 14%. Our adjustables were 12. Wow. And I said, man, nobody will ever buy these things. 
and that was 1982, and they're still buying them. Still around today. So just, just transferring the risk from the lender onto you. It's hundred percent it what it does. It transfers the the risk of higher interest rates from the lender. It ensures that the lender is always going to freaking make money. According to Mouse this is a bank play. It ain't got anything to do with being a blessing to you and allowing, according to experience, help prospective buyers get their foot in the door. Bull crap. Hadn't got anything to do with prospective buyers. It's got to do with banks. And one thing you can count on on banks is banks protecting banks. It's what they do. And they've been good at it for a long time. That's why their furniture is nicer than yours. That's why their building is bigger than yours. It's not an accident. Santa Claus didn't build those freaking towers in the skyline. It was you. You built them with this kind of crap where you give these banks your money. John, one of the things that has happened uh, with this surge in real estate is a surge in real estate values. Uh, a lot of you are sitting on a home that is worth a whole lot more than it was uh, 20 minutes ago, than it was two years ago, than it was three years ago. There was a big hurricane, and I can't remember the name of it, that hit Florida and did massive destruction before Katrina hit New Orleans. So several years back, in other words. And after that hurricane, State Farm made the decision that they were no longer doing policies that covered the value of the house. Instead, they're going to do policies, homeowners policies, that they state the value. Mm -hmm. And State Farm is the biggest player in the homeowners insurance world, and so everyone followed suit. And uh, and uh, sometimes some of the policies, uh, in other words, you buy a house for three hundred thousand bucks, we'll make up a number, and you buy a homeowners policy for three hundred thousand bucks to cover the home you just bought. And it might have an inflation clause on it that the next year it's a little bit more, and next year it's a little bit more. But it would be, it would not be unusual for a whole bunch of you listening right now to have a home that you paid three hundred for, that you've got three hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of coverage with those inflation kickers on them, and the thing's worth five hundred fifty thousand, and it burns down, and you can't rebuild it. You can't build a driveway with three hundred thousand yeah, dollars right now. Yeah, and so what what I'm telling you is is that you ha it is now incumbent upon you because the insurance business changed as of that hurricane that I can't remember the name of, uh, the insurance business changed, and it's basically stated value plus or minus inflation kickers, and the inflation kickers aren't enough. Wow. And so you have to revisit your homeowner's insurance once a year and make sure you have the right amount of coverage for the value of the house. How will you evaluate your, your home on an annual basis like that? I mean, you can jump on just one of those websites and okay. look at it. You're not going to be far off. But you kind of know, I got $189,000 worth of coverage, and this house is worth six hundred grand. Our neighbor just sold their house. Yeah. For, right, yeah. Right. So okay. you know you're like way off. Yeah. And so you can toss that wow. to your insurance provider, and they, they'll, they'll do a little research on it and tell you what to cover the house for. But you need to update your coverage because the value of your home is growing and your policy's not. You know what really freaks me out is the millions of people who in 2020 and 2021 when the housing prices started to surge took out a big home equity loan to pay for their new bathroom they want to get done during that gap and now not only is the insurance coverage not there but they're going to be on the hook for that that loan they're going to be staring at a burned down lot holding a check that can't replace the driveway plus right. you owe me 
you owe us this equity loan. Exactly. You could, what a mess. If you'd refinanced the first mortgage, they would have required you to update the insurance, but many times a home equity loan doesn't. Wow. You're exactly what a right. mess. You're exactly right. So you could you could literally be upside down on the house, like like on an old days old days in a car. Yeah. That kind of thing. So what I'm telling you is get online at, at RamseySolutions.com and click the ELP for insurance and get a free quote on your car insurance and your homeowner's insurance and keep your homeowner's insurance updated uh, for the right amount of coverage. Because if your house burns down and you have 50% of it covered, you're going to build a very small house on that lot. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be screwed up. And if you got a mortgage, you know, your mortgage is probably less than that. You're going to end up with nothing. Not zero. You're going to pay off the mortgage and have a burned up lot. Yeah. That's all you're going to have. And so that's, you're going to be in a mess. <sighs> so make sure you keep your coverage up to date and always price shop it with one of these uh, insurance brokers. Now, the difference in a broker and somebody like State Farm uh, one of these name brands, uh, you know, if they've got a uh, uh, a celebrity endorser, they're probably a captive company, meaning State Farm can, agents can only sell State Farm. Or a lizard. They, that's right. You can, that lizard thing, that, that's the other one, yeah. Um, and, and so you can, you know, uh, it, Nationwide can only sell Nationwide. Okay. And so, you know, that they, they're captive agents is what we call them in the insurance business. So instead, you want to get a broker that will shop a bunch of different companies and find you the best price in your situation. And so many times when someone goes to RamseySolutions.com, clicks on the ELP, and gets with an insurance broker and shops, they not only get the right amount of coverage because their house has gone up in value, but they also get a cheaper rate. Hmm. And uh, so if you're buying the same amount of insurance, a lot of people save seven, 800 bucks a year by changing their car and their homeowners, or mm -hmm. auto and homeowners over. And um, because they're just people are, we're fairly lazy about our insurance shopping. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we get it in place. It's, it's uh, rip it and forget it, right? I mean, you just put it on there and you pay the bill, you pay the pill, you pay the bill, unless something comes up and shakes you up. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would guess... Um, North of 50% of you listening to me right now that own a home do not have the proper amount of coverage on your home because your home's gone up in value and you didn't update your coverage. Mm -hmm. And the insurance companies do not update it. They are not. They took that responsibility away from themselves and gave it to you. And having sat in the middle of a street with somebody watching their house burn down on a couple of different occasions, that sounds like a nightmare on top of a nightmare. Oh, it is. It's one of the most horrible things to go through emotionally. Whether you're buying a new home or refinancing your current home, you should never sign on the dotted line until you're sure it's the best decision for you. That's why I recommend reaching out to my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Their experienced Ramsey Trusted Loan Specialist can save you time, headache, and help you finance a home the smart way. Just click the link in the show notes or go to RamseySolutions.com slash mortgage to get connected. Jeff is going to start us off this hour in Cincinnati. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Jeff. I'm I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, um, I'm kind of a new follower. I just found you earlier this year. Um, had some questions about potentially refinancing uh, our house. Mm -hmm. um, we originally bought it back in January of 2021. Um, this was obviously before we knew you and we... We got a 30-year loan um, at 2.5%. Mm -hmm. um, and now, kind of considering, do we do we move to a 15-year? 
But my biggest concern with that is that we're giving up that two and a half percent rate to go somewhere around five percent or so. You're right to be um, concerned. So make more I would, sense I would to, not. I would not do that. You're right. Okay. No, so you, you keep the existing a, keep the existing mortgage you have. If you calculate a thirty year mortgage, and you calculate a fifteen year mortgage at the same interest rate, in your case two and a half, and you pay the difference, like you like you took out a thirty and you pay the extra amount as in the difference between a fifteen payment and a thirty payment, it will pay off in mm-hmm. exactly fifteen years. Okay. You do not have to refinance to pay a loan off in 15 years. You just have to pay it like it's a 15-year payment, and it'll pay right out. Um, or more, of course, and then it would pay out even sooner. So never refinance just to move from a 30 to a 15 uh, uh, because you take on the closing costs at a minimum, and in this case, you'd go up in interest rates. So you never do that. Just pay extra on it, and you'll get there. Okay. Um that was easy, well, wasn't it? As far as as far as how much um, like house I can afford, uh, we were well within the twenty five percent. Kind of calculating it off of Great. the two and a half percent rate that we have. Great. Um, but with, with rates now, I know we're not refinancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would obviously put us probably closer to the thirty percent mark. Do we yeah. have? Well, it doesn't matter. You could, it doesn't matter. You're you're fine. You know, the reality is your house payment is a fourth of your take-home pay at a 15-year on two and a half. And so you're fine. The reason we put that in place is not to keep people from buying homes. And, John, people are really mad right now about you hate home house ownership. prices. Apparently, I hate home ownership, and I'm an unrealistic old um, boomer or whatever other terms of derision you can throw at my bald head. But the, um, the I don't care if you get a house you can't afford. It doesn't affect me. It affects you. If you buy a house you can't afford. Jeff's in good shape. He's not got any issues. But here's the thing. And I've been answering this question the same way for 30 years. Like we have people call us from California. Well, Dave, you're, you know, you can't buy a house in California for that. Uh, that means you can't buy you a house, can't buy house. in That's California right. for that. That's what that means. Um, you also may not be able to buy a Bentley. Uh, you also may not be, you know, when I grew up, the, this county that we live in is the 11th wealthiest county in the nation, the wealthiest county in Tennessee. Williamson County, Tennessee, where you and I are sitting right now, where both of us live now. When I was growing up, that's where the rich people lived. And we said stuff like, you can't afford to live there. <laughs> and you know what? Not everybody can afford to live there. Yeah. You know, everybody can afford to live on Rodeo Drive or in downtown Manhattan or downtown Tokyo or downtown London. It's freaking expensive. And so sometimes you just have to say, I can't afford it, number one. But number two, the reason for this is we know from the data of doing this for 30 years that your most likely way to become wealthy is to get your home paid off as soon as possible and all other debts too because it it frees up your most powerful wealth-building tool. And so if you keep a mortgage around like it's a pet for your whole life, because you're thinking, well, I'm always going to have a mortgage, and the only way I can afford a mortgage, the only way I'm ever going to get a house, because I'll never get a house, I'll never get a house, I'm so stuck, and it's just not fair, and life's not fair, and I'm a four-year-old in the cereal aisle throwing a fit, and I want Captain Crunch dead, blame it, you know, and it's just like, and you just, everybody's acting like that right now, and so I'm sorry, you, I'm I'm sorry that when I was a kid, I couldn't live in Williamson County, I couldn't afford it, my family didn't make that kind of money, I'm sorry, I had a traumatized childhood, I'm sorry. But it's, it's the way life is. And so, you know, the answer is no. And the reason you tell yourself no is so you can tell yourself yes later. 
So if you go buy a house you can't afford and you go take car payments out that you can't afford and you go take, which nobody can, you go take out a student loan and you go take out MasterCard and Visa and American Distress, you're going to be normal. And normal is you work your whole life and give all of the money you earn to someone else in the form of payments and retire broke and hope Social Insecurity will take care of you. Who the crap wants to be normal? Right. And so you've got to break this cycle and not be angry at me or at the world or at Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is you're angry at this week um, because house prices went up. I'm really sorry. I, I don't want you to uh, be upset. I don't want you to not have a house, but also don't want you to do something stupid that's going to keep you broke your whole life. I, I'll throw a third one on there, Dave. I have found in my life when I've had a 30-year mortgage and I've had a couple of those in the 15-year I can have all the best intentions with a 30-year mortgage, but when it comes down to it, every single month, somebody invites me out to a thing Mm -hmm. or, hey, we're all going out to this thing. And whether I've got the best intentions or I've got all the willpower in the world, it's really hard for me to make that, to double that payment or to make that gap payment between Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the 30-year note is is requiring me to pay and what I could be paying for that 15-year. With the 15-year... I'm locked into it. I got to do it. One of the things I figured out when I very first started doing this stuff with financial peace, when I started studying rich people is they put smart things on autopilot. Yes. I don't want to think about it. A hundred percent of the 15 year mortgages pay off in 15 years Mm -hmm. or less. Yep. A hundred percent. Or they get foreclosed on. I mean, a hundred percent of them do. Okay. People that take out a 30 promising to pay a 15, the studies say 92% do not. Mm -hmm. Stick with the schedule. I was so just, you, if you if you put a system in place that you have to be in the top eight percent is the only way you win. You lose. You're gonna. Lose. That's dumb. I just was listening to some obesity researchers today, and they were talking about step one: create an environment where you can at least attempt to be successful. Get yeah. the junk out of your house. Yeah. Right. You can't have it all there and say I'm going to make good choices because you're not going to make good well, choices. James Clear talks about that in Atomic Habits. Yeah. Talks about the exact same thing. What is it? You're trying to create a habit, then don't put stuff that's contrary to the habit right in front of you. Let's go to Suzanne out in Spokane. Hey, what's up, Suzanne? Hi there. Hi there. How's it going? I just love that it rhymes. Suzanne in Spokane. It just made me happy. It's good to have you, Suzanne. How can we help? Good. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. You got it. What's up? Um, So this is basically what I've got. So my husband and I, we moved up. We're actually in the North Idaho area. So we're just kind of over the border from Spokane. We moved here really unexpectedly last year after my husband lost his job. And it just ended up being such a blessing. He got a job up here. And we absolutely love it. We don't want to leave. We're closer to family now. And he got a good job here. He's been able to start a business. So he's actually working two jobs. And I am a stay-at-home mom now. We've got two baby girls. Congrats. And so thank you. So it's really expensive here. That's one thing we didn't know. We didn't know the area that well, but we love it. So we're determined to stay here. Okay. And we were actually able to pay off all of our debt last month. Wow. Congratulations. Super exciting. Yeah. So in the midst of COVID and babies and this move and everything, we still managed to pay off our debt. So we own our vehicles, all that. And we're in a rental But we've decided that we want to go ahead and buy, even though this market is really crazy and it's really expensive here. Mm -hmm. But we figured since we're debt-free, we can go ahead and pull the trigger and do it. So we're in the middle 
of purchasing a place that we found. So you already have a contract out? Yes, we okay. do. We yeah, we close here in a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. So it is expensive and we know that, you know, we we had started with a budget that was a bit lower and we decided to go higher because we just we found this great property and it just seems like a wonderful place to raise children and since we're de- dedicated to staying in the area, we wanted to do it. So You've laid the groundwork to over- justify not making a smart decision. Is that what happened? Is, am I questioning the decision? Yeah, you've laid the groundwork to have possibly made a not great financial decision. It sounds like there's a lot of emotion behind this of just excitement about getting in a house and right. all, all this. So give us some details about the, the financial aspect. Yeah. So we when we first started looking, so we've been looking for months and months with our realtor. And... We didn't have a super firm budget in mind, but we decided around the 450 mark was, we didn't want to go much over that. We felt we could really afford that and still be able to save money. But in this market and in this area where we live, what you can get for 450 just doesn't even seem worth it. These aren't even really starter homes. They're not even really fixer uppers. And we just found that nothing in that price range we were willing to go for. So we decided that we wanted to not only do a house, but get some property since we've got little kids. So we ended up finding something, but it's about a hundred thousand more. So five fifty. we initially started. Yeah. So now we're in the five fifty range. And how much are you guys putting as the down payment? What percent? Well, we aren't because we're both veterans. So we're going through a VA loan. So we aren't actually putting anything down. Oof. Okay. What's your take on? <laughs> yeah. So we are, yeah, we are going to finance the whole thing, um, which puts us at about a $2,500 a month mortgage. On a 30 year? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Suzanne. An all right. What's your question? You're getting us all fired up. I'm here. getting riled up, Suzanne. Yes. How can we I help? Know. Well, that's what I was. I don't know if we can help. You're, you're knee deep in this thing. If I'm you, I'm getting out of this thing yeah. if there's still time. But you've but... already signed a contract. So, what, what's your question? Well, my question is: um, Should we focus on saving money? Because you know we're in this. We're going to be paying this mortgage. Should we be saving money and focusing on that? Or should we focus the extra money that we have every month towards this mortgage and get it down? You should have focused it before you ever got in this contract and had a healthy down payment on a 15-year. That's what I would feel better about. I don't love this idea of you guys getting out of debt and then taking on over a half million dollars on a mortgage and thinking that they're doing you a favor by giving you the VA loan. And is that not a big part of your take-home pay? What is your take-home pay? It is. Um, right now, well, we've got several different sources of income. What's the total? Here, here's what's happened, Suzanne. You have created a universe that you want to have. You want to be in this area. You want your kids in, in this area. Well, our kids need to go ahead and have this too. So you created that as well. And you've right. created a really fungible, flexible dollar amount. We just got a lot of money coming from this place and that place and this place. And here's what you've done. You've created a cloud that allows you to, A, not see very clearly and not have to see very clearly, which allows you to live in a fantasy. And now you've zeroed down in one of the, if not the hottest real estate markets of all time. So it takes a teeny tiny correction and you are underwater in a half million dollar house. 
working side right. jobs that are kind of, we kind of make this as, you know it and suddenly this zero down VA loan is a nightmare because you're underwater and you can't get out so tell me how much yeah. money you make how much money comes into the Suzanne and company home every month um about um, my husband's business is tough. We can't because it's it's a new business. But about a hundred thousand a year right now. Is that take home pay, or is that gross? Yeah, that's take home. So you're yeah, taking home about eight thousand dollars, right? Right. And your yeah. mortgage is going to be uh, over about thirty one percent of your take home pay is going towards the mortgage, and that's on a thirty year, which we never ever ever recommend. We always tell people to do the fifteen year fixed rate. But you're here, right? But we're here. Suzanne, how old are you guys? Um, 35 and 37. Okay. You've got a lot of life to live, and I want to see you live it, and I don't want to see you drowning in this giant mortgage payment with nothing down. Uh, I've, I've just talked to too many people, heard too many stories, uh, and they start out like yours. Starry-eyed about mm-hmm. the housing market and wanting to get in, and we want the property. we got to have the yard, and the budget's flexible, and we're not putting anything down. And all of a sudden, they can't breathe. And we get calls. I'm sure we'll take one during this show where someone calls in and says, we're in over our head. We put nothing down on this house, and we're drowning. And so if there's time to get out, I mean, it's just – Well, you signed the contract, so you signed the contract. I don't know what the situation is there. Uh, If you're stuck with this thing, you may want to look at increasing income, refinancing to a 15-year, and making sure that you can afford it. But – as far as paying down the mortgage, I mean, it's a little late for that conversation because we're really we're knee deep in this thing. Uh, but we recommend ten to twenty percent down to avoid PMI or more on a fifteen year, where the t- where the mortgage payment is no more than a quarter of your take home pay. So so far, every one of the every one of the rules has been broken, <laughs> which just hurts my heart because I yeah. want to see you guys win. And you've worked so hard to get to this point where you're debt free and you're making these decisions. And I don't want to see you step backwards and make a bad financial decision for your future. Listen, the best, most secure way to buy a home is with the 100% down plan. It might not be easy, but trust me, people pay cash for homes all the time. Now, if you're going to go the mortgage route, let's recap what you need to know. You need to be completely debt-free before you do a mortgage. You need three to six months of expenses saved in an emergency fund before you do a mortgage. And you need a down payment of at least 5%, but ideally 20%. And you should only choose a conventional fixed-rate 15-year mortgage with a monthly payment that's no more than 25% of your take-home pay. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to share this with a friend who would enjoy it. And make sure to tune in for the next episode for expert tips on how to sell a home.